Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. And a very warm welcome to you on this Easter Sunday. When I first heard that we were not going to be celebrating Holy Week and Easter in our traditional way, I was uh, really upset. Holy Holy Week and Easter is one of the things I really love about being an Episcopalian because we do liturgical drama really well. As a matter of fact, I think at Calvary St. George's, we excel at it. However, the more I've reflected upon this, especially this week, One of the blessings of this situation of Easter is that probably it resembles more like the first one than any of us or generations before us have ever experienced. This Easter, we are getting a taste of what that first Sunday must have felt like. There were no flowers on that first Sunday. There were no massive trumpet fanfares. Or any of the joy that just sort of permeates this day. Like those first women on that first Easter, we approach this Easter day with a lot of confusion. We approach it with a lot of doubt. We approach this Easter day with a lot of unbelief and disappointment. And one of the profound lessons that I think that we are learning during this time is that the idea of self-help in a world defined by pandemic in which you have no control is actually not all that helpful. I mean, come on. Where is the power of now when your fuse is running short, you're trying to work from home, and there are so many distractions that it is completely impossible to stay focused? Time to align. Time to align goes out the window as you begin to notice the idiosyncrasies of your spouse or your roommate. You time to align. My bank account isn't as it begins to run low with every additional expense. You've just lost someone you love. You know someone who's really sick. Or you know someone whom you love and is really sick, and you're wondering, what is my best life now all about? And you're wondering about it in a sticky apartment because the Komari method, that was cool for about two days in quarantine. Now everything's just sticky and those dishes have piled up. Self-help religion, in times like this, and there are Christian versions of it as well, But self-help religion can become a real heavy burden during times like this. Or whenever tragedy strikes us, for that matter. Because we can't, in times like this, hold it all together. During tragedy, our lives can fall apart. And when that happens, well, guilt and shame are around the corner. There have been a lot of articles that have come out in the last several weeks about the guilt and shame 
that people have experienced when they have contracted the COVID-19 virus. One of the most accessible articles that I read about this was from BuzzFeed News earlier this month. It was an article by a woman named Ann Peterson about the tremendous guilt and shame that followed various people from different walks of life when, despite the caution that they had taken, they had contracted the virus anyway. She spoke to Little League mothers, store managers, office workers, who, upon their diagnosis, experienced real guilt and shame, pondering the various people that they passed it on to or exposed themselves to because they literally didn't show initially any symptoms. And not only that, but the guilt and shame that was thrown back on them from people, even family and friends, who were livid with them because they didn't supposedly exercise enough caution and concern, even though they showed, had shown no signs of it. In our confusion, we ask God, or in our confession, we ask God to forgive us those things known and unknown, those things done and left undone. And COVID-19 is reminding us of the ramifications of the unknown. COVID-19 is reminding us of the ramifications of the undone. COVID-19 is teaching many of us that as humans, we need something more than self-help because we're all beyond help. And that's a hard reality to learn. But it's the good news of Easter. The good news of Easter is that you don't have to have it all together because you're not the savior of the universe. And this is my first point. Easter is not about self-help. Rather, Easter frees us from the burden of it. Easter frees us to know and trust that God is at work clearly and speaks directly to the failures in our lives. When we are beyond help, the message of Easter, check it out, to those women in the midst of their helplessness. The message of Easter from God's lips to your ears from our crucified and risen Savior is not, hey, try harder next time. It's do not be afraid. See, do not be afraid not only frees us from the fear of failure and having to be God, it frees us also from all of our speculation about God. It frees us from all those theodicy questions you may be asking. Theodicy is defined as the philosophical vindication of divine goodness and providence in view of of the existence of evil. Now, theodicies, it's actually, it's, re, it's a relatively new concept, uh, about 300 years old in the history of theology and philosophy, arising really out of the Enlightenment when people started seeing God in their hands and God in their control, as opposed to the other way around. The question of theodicy is a maddening question. 
Because it is to speculate about God and what he's up to. Why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, you can go all around the bush about that. A theodicy is our attempt to regain control so that we can inject a little self-help into the situation. A theodicy is our chance to fashion God into an idol that's acceptable to us. A theodicy is our chance to justify abandoning God altogether. You want to know what God's up to? Upon the cross, God has rendered his verdict upon sin and evil. And the verdict is it must be destroyed. And it is destroyed in the death of Jesus. And in the resurrection which we celebrate today, God vindicates and proves it has been destroyed. Especially the evil that may befall you. This is my second point. Because of Easter, we as Christians no longer have to wonder or speculate what the sky fairy behind the clouds thinks about us. That only leads to more stress and doubt. The message of Easter is clear. In the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, by faith, our attention and our trust is turned from our present circumstances. And like those women who encountered Jesus, and I love what Matthew writes, they took hold of his feet. On Easter, our attention and trust is turned to Jesus. And we cling to him as well. We cling to the one who loves us and has promised his presence in the midst of our afflictions. In that BuzzFeed article, uh, the Little League mom makes the point that before COVID-19, she lived with incredible anxiety. In her own words, she said, before the positive test, I screamed at my husband for forgetting to wear gloves to pump gas. And he did do a sanitizing wipe and washed his hands, but it didn't matter. I screamed at my kids if they went out of the house without their masks on. However, a few hours after receiving my positive test, I realized that I could bring in the packages on the porch with no fear. That made me feel better, much better better than I felt in a long time. After we're done isolating, I can go to the store and other places without the fear that I've experienced over the past few weeks. And assuming that things get much worse soon, the worst for me is over. I think that will make things easier. I can be more helpful to my neighbors, my friends, And my family. The women at the tomb couldn't help but go and share this good news. This good news that Jesus had risen from the dead, conquering death, 
sent them forth without fear. Because the worst is over. In that moment, they knew the big D. Death was conquered. And like those women, you also know it and you believe it. And just as God will use this little league mom in a calmer service of her neighbor, God used these women to become the first apostolic witness of Jesus Christ. All of the legal and the cultural fears, those little D's, death itself went out the window as they went to share the same message Peter eventually preaches in our reading from Acts. Dear Christian, the good news of the gospel, the good news of Easter is this. The worst is behind us. For the big D, death has been conquered in the resurrection of Jesus. And we have nothing left but to live, to truly live, serving Jesus in the face of our neighbor. And for some of us in this parish, that has thrust us to the front lines of this fight. For others, it has called us to stay home in quarantine, loving and caring for those in our midst. This is my third point. The message of Easter enables us with courage to follow Christ under the cross and stand And not only face, but conquer evil in our own lives and the lives of others as we carry the gospel, the good news that Jesus has died for you, that Jesus has risen for you, and that Jesus is coming again for you. Like those first women, we carry that gospel, that good news, into the lives of others. And in some instances... Through our own suffering, bear impossible burdens. But this is what the gospel does. In a strange way, it enables our lives to take a cruciform sense with real joy. For you and I have been given this Easter morning a greater promise than just sanitized hands. This Easter morning, you have been given the promise of redemption. The promise of a clean heart washed in the blood of Jesus. And this gives you hope. This gives you joy. This gives you peace and assurance that as you move through this life, come what may, come what may, Death has been conquered. And in the midst of the little deaths that we all face every day, you stand on the solid rock of the love of Christ, revealed on the cross and confirmed by an empty tomb. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Do not... Be afraid. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.